Amber's going to watch what she puts on Facebook now. <laughs> if you're outside of this audience, I want you to know that you are here to join us for a conversation this morning. I brought these guys up close because I just want to talk to them for a little bit. And so I want you to listen in, and when we get to the end, you'll understand why you were maybe on the outside of this conversation. But as their church family, we're just going to talk to them for a minute. And we're going to tell them stories, and we're going to see where God takes us in this moment. I think it's super amazing that on this Sunday, Pastor T, not only do we have a baby dedication, but we celebrate graduates, because that's like the epitome of a parent, right? You like give them to God and then send them away, right? Um, and so this morning, we just are going to take some time and talk to these amazing people. Um, I had the privilege of some of them being at my house here a few days ago, and I feel so silly. I ordered pizza, and you have a culinary arts degree, but um, I actually had her like whip up some kind of shrimp somewhere. Um, but I think they're amazing. And um, I know that I get to experience your life on the outside, and you see me as somebody um, that just has a title around here, but we have invested lots of prayers in who you are. And we have spent a lot of time knowing that we have trusted leadership like Pastor T to guide you in places and to take you um, to a relationship with Jesus that is supernatural. You know, she has an ability that I don't have. Um, she has a gift and a calling that allows her to walk into your life. Um, when I walk into your life, I'm just a little overwhelmed. I'm just going to be real honest. It's been a long time since I was a senior in high school. Um, and I've had a couple seniors in high school since then. Um, and even that, um, when I look at the world you live in, when I woke up this morning and saw the news and thought, I can't even imagine. Um, what it would be like to wonder if I could go to the grocery store. And so I want you to know that I recognize that. And I am not about to sit up here and tell you this is the authority and let me tell you about the life that I've lived and how you should go because the life that I lived was nothing like the life that you've lived or you're going to live. But I have learned some things. And if you would give me just a moment to let an old lady, I know you think of me as old, but I look in the mirror, I'm not old, but I know when you look at me, you're like, wow. If you know that an old lady just talk to you for a little bit about, okay. Because if I'm old, I don't even know what that means pretty is. All right. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> but I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about a moment in my life where I took on a role that I didn't see coming. And I think sometimes when we leave high school, we have plans, right? And we have visions and we have goals and we say, this is where we're going, this is what we're gonna do. And then sometimes we get sidetracked and we're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know I was gonna do that. And do you know that for a period of my life, Pastor T, I was a farmer? Farmer? Yes. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, like we, we owned a tiller and we had a tractor and we did, yeah, see, you don't even know what these are, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about goats in a minute, so. I didn't see farming coming for me. When I was your age, um, my mom had to push me 
teaching on the front porch with a book just to get outside. There was a moment in my life where God said, I want you to learn some things. And in the years that I was a farmer, I learned some things. And I think it would be really cool if I could tell you those stories today. Because how many of you know about farming? Anybody here? Your boots kind of made me wonder if you knew a little bit more about this than others. But some of you, like, um, I have chickens in my backyard now. Don't tell the city of Beaumont. But um, some of you saw some of my farm life. But there was a time when I had just a little bit more. And um, I had a goat. Her name, her, her name was Charlotte Goat Number One. And she lived on our farm. And um, she decided, we decided she was going to have a baby because we wanted to learn about animal husbandry. Now, I'm not here to give you a biology lesson, so I can see this. They all looked at me like, oh, dear. <laughs> Where are we going with this? So she was going to have a baby. Now, remember, I'm not a farmer up until this point, so I don't know a lot about this. I didn't see it happen when I was a kid. So I began to watch YouTube videos, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to be ready when this goat has a baby. I'm going to be ready. So I watched hundreds of goat delivery videos, okay? I wouldn't recommend it, but I needed to, okay? And I thought I'm ready. I knew that she was a small goat. She was probably going to have two little babies. They were probably going to be about a pound each. Like, I was ready to eat. Yeah. I had been sick in the hospital, and I came home, and my mom, I walk in the front door, my mom had been home watching the kids, and she looked at me and she said, I think the goat's in labor. And I went, what? She said, I think the goat's in labor. I'm like, it's not time yet. She's like, I don't think she gets to decide. So I walk out to the barn where the goat is, and I, I never even sat down from the hospital. My husband has a video of the event, and I still have my hospital bracelet on. And I go where my goat, who I've invested so much time and energy and love into, and she became more than just a farm animal. She was a pet. And she's so uncomfortable. She's hurting so much. And I think, this is not what the videos were like. This is not the way that it was supposed to happen. And I realized very quickly that she is in major distress. And so then I have to make some decisions. Because while I am just recently a farmer, I am not veterinarian. But I had to make some choices. So it paid to watch the 150 YouTube videos. And I did some things, and I won't tell you them here on stage because it's a little graphic, but I did some things to help her deliver a three and a half pound goat. Now remember I said she was supposed to have two small one pound goats. And so she delivered this goat, and when she delivered him, she was done. And she lay down in the corner and she went to sleep. And so I began to care for this little baby goat. Now, even at three pounds, he was still tiny. And that was the first thing that he ever knew. I cleaned him. I helped him take his first breath. I held him. And you know, as he grew up on the farm, he just knew I was his farmer. And he followed me everywhere. I never had to wonder where he was or what he was doing. We named him Cowboy. And he was my shadow because I was his farmer. And 
one morning, have you ever milked a goat? No. Look at her. They're like, you milk goats? Okay. So T, we had to build this little shelf because we had piggy goats. So we build this little shelf that the goat walks up on and she starts to eat and I, and I lay this board down across her head. It doesn't hurt her. It just allows her to stay in the milking stand. And so then I can sit in the milking stand and I can milk her so that we can get our morning milk because I turn it into all different kinds of things. And what we would do is we would let the baby stay with the mom all night long and then we would separate the baby from the mom in the day and that would allow us to both have milk and share it. And so then I didn't have to bottle feed the baby. Well, one particular day when I was feeding the mom, the baby gets out. Now this is my goat, this is cowboy. This is the one that I delivered. This is the one that knew me as a farmer. And the only option I have, because he's out and I'm the only farmer at this point, is to lay him across my lap with my elbows on his back and I hold him down while I milk, okay? And the whole time he's screaming because he wants something that he can see and that he can't have. And he's just so mad. And it was in that moment that God said, Rachel, do you, do you see? Do you see the picture here? How many times as I, your heavenly father, the one who loves you, your farmer, have you been so close to me that you could lay in my lap and yet all you did was cry about the things you couldn't have. And so as you journey in life and as things try to catch your attention and as things try to grab your perspective, make sure that you have realigned yourself with your farmer. That you know where your Jesus is. And so that you're never mistaken by the fact that you see something you can't have, but that you recognize that he is holding you. It's not the best of circumstances. Like, right, holding the goat down in your lap, it wasn't the best of circumstances, but he was with his farmer, right? We, uh, when you own a farm team, sometimes people call you and say, um, hey, could you come and get these animals? And you're like, so we had a dentist office call us. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about the Woodlands, Texas, but the way the Woodlands is built is they kept all the woodland. And so buildings are built inside of small forests, right? So somebody dropped off three chickens and a duck at the dentist office because it was in the woods. And so they said, if you'll come and catch these, you can have them. And I thought, Free animals? Sure, how hard could it be? It was an all-day event. <laughs> because free-roaming chickens and ducks are pretty fast. So finally we catch them, we bring them home. And do you know, because see what happens is people buy these little animals for Easter because they're cute. And then by like August, they're just ugly and dirty and they poop everywhere and you're like, what am I going to do? Because at that point, they're not even laying eggs yet. So you're like, you guys are just pointless. But they had raised, it was a rooster, two hens, and a duck. And they had raised them all together. And the duck had no idea that it was a duck. <laughs> it thought it was a chicken. And so, you know, ducks, they have webbed feet so they can swim and 
they're naturally drawn to water. They like to get in the water. They have a special coating on their feathers that allows them not to get wet deep down in their coat that chickens don't have. And so they're made to be near the water. And chickens, they have different kinds of feet. Their feet have um, small little claws on them so they can scratch and get the bugs out of the ground. And, and that duck would take its little wet feet and scratch, like, which it got nowhere because it was webbed feet. But it did, and it, it lived as if it was a chicken. It would peck the ground, it would, and we're like, this is, could be a problem. <laughs> because um, it just wasn't right. And so we wondered, well, how do you teach a duck to be a duck, right? What do you do to show a duck it needs to be a duck? And I thought about just throwing it in the water, but then I thought, well, that might be like traumatic, right? Like if all of a sudden it's just like thrown into this. So we, um, we started making puddles in the yard so that it could find them. And um, it would, because a chicken, it just walks around the puddle. But I remember the first time the duck walked through the puddle. And it was like, and it could use its little webbed feet to make a little mud. It splashed a little bit. And it was like, it was like it sensed that something was natural about it. And I thought, okay. So we had this feed trough that was kind of shallow. And we filled it with water. We put it out in the yard. And we said, well, let's just see what happens. So the chickens, of course, they would use it like a watering hole and they would go to the edge, whatever. And so the duck did that for a while and then she would start to go up to the edge and she would lay her head deep down inside, right? Because like, ducks' necks are really long. She would lay, she would put her head down in there and she would, oh, like she was just a movie star, you know? And I thought, wow, that's so weird. She never wanted to get in. She just was like, but yet she was being more and more comfortable with who she was made to be, right? And then one morning, because every night when you actually live on a, like a farm, you have to watch for predators. Like my chickens in the backyard, I don't have any predators in the city of Beaumont. Like I don't have to worry about like coyotes and stuff. So um, I had to lock them up in the barn. And one morning I opened the barn and she flew out of the barn and just went right smack down into the pond. around like, this is me, and this is what I was made for. And I loved it, because it was like, all of a sudden, she realized she was made for this. As you venture out into adulthood, and you begin to feel like you're supposed to be a part of the crowd, and you realize that you actually have webbed feet, and nobody else does. And you wonder, I'm sure I'm not like everybody else. The Bible says that we as Christians are an odd and peculiar people. So when you stand out, don't be afraid. Look for the living water that teaches you what you're made for. Because that's what Jesus is going to do in the next couple years in your life. He's going to mold you and form you and work in your heart and your mind. And he's going to show you things in your life. And you're going to feel so comfortable in that. <clears throat> when I looked at him, when he grabbed the mic, he's made for public speaking. This already he knows, right? 
Not everybody is. Pastor Amber's still shaking in her boots, right? Um, but you're going to find those moments that you're like, this is what I was made for. Because God made you to make an impact for him, right? T, do you remember the moment that you realized what you were made for? Yes, and I was scared. Yeah. Yes. Took a lot. And some of us know it early, and some of us don't find out until a whole lot later, right? Yeah, okay. And some of us, the world tells us, you can't be that. Do you know how many times people told me that I couldn't be a woman and be a preacher? And I'm like, well, then tell me what to do about this, because here it comes. <laughs> when I open my mouth, stuff comes out. <laughs> so I say that to encourage you, right? The next time you see a goat or a duck, you're not gonna forget the crazy lady in the stage in North. I mean, I've got one more story for you. You know I love chickens, right? I don't know why my husband doesn't know why, because he hates birds. He's like the movie, like, you know, he's just scared of them. Like we go places and the pigeons come, and he's like, get the birds away! Okay? But I love chickens. I love the community of them, I love how they interact, I love to watch them crow and um, there's just something, I love that they give us food, right? And I don't have to kill them to get the food. And so, um, I just really like chickens. And as a young farmer, I was learning all kinds of things about chickens, and I was learning about how to take care of them. And again, I watched YouTube videos, and the library got tired of me because I had checked out every book on farming that they had. And I got these little chickens, and we raised them up, and they started to like fly. I'm like, nobody ever told me chickens flew. Because there comes a point in their life where they're, we call them teenage chickens, okay? And don't take this offensively, but they're really kind of like awkward at teenage chickens, okay? Because they like, they've still got a little bit of their like fuzzy, like pretty um, feathers, but then they've got like these mature feathers that come through and you're like, Oh, what happened to you? And, and they're like a, a kind of an odd size, so they're not like great big ready to lay eggs yet, and they're not like little tiny cute little chicks, and and that and that age they fly. And I'm like, oh, this could be bad, right? Because their job is to go high from predators. And so I would go out and I would find all my teenage chickens in the trees. I'm like, what am I gonna do? this is not good. So I started doing some research. And they said, you're going to need to clip their wings, right? So they can't fly. And I thought, well, okay. So if somebody told you to clip a bird's wings, right, you would just like cut some feathers, right? And you would cut them off both sides, right? Because that just seems to make sense. And so that's what I did. And I cut them off both sides and just trimmed their feathers a little bit. Kind of like an haircut. I'm like, just take that off the side, take a little bit off the side. They still flew. And I'm like, okay, so I go back to the books. I go back to YouTube and type it in. Clip chicken wings still flies. <laughs> you only clip one side. Because the goal is to get them off balance. And so I was like, and so then I began to clip 
just one side of their wings. And when we clip one side of their wings, then in that period of time when they're restless, in that period of time when they want to fly, in that period of time when they're ready to take off, there was a part of them that kept them grounded, right? But what I also learned is that if I clip their wings when they were young, and they learned to stay close, I didn't have to clip their wings when they were older. Because a grown chicken can still fly, it can still get air, like it, it can fly around this room. I, it can't like, take off with the ducks or anything, but it can still do some damage <clears throat> laying in a tree. But if I just clipped them once when they were growing, then by the time they were adults, they never wanted to leave the farmer. Because it was in their teenage years, it was in those growing years that they learned that I was going to take care of them. That the farm was safe. That um, I knew what I was doing, right? Even though I was like a young farmer and really didn't know what I was doing, like they trusted me because they hadn't died yet. And I think you're kind of seeing where I'm going here with all these stories in that as you leave the nest, right? As you start out in your growing up experience, and yes, you're adults, but you're not like quite like nobody handed you the electric bill yet, right? Um, and and you're you're going through that. He's like, I already did. <laughs> know that there's going to be parts of your life where you feel like maybe somebody clipped just one side of your wings, right? Where you're like, I, I was made to fly, and I'm not flying. I'm, why am I? Can I encourage you to look around and see who's taking care of you? And know that, that God does things in your life. He offers you grace upon grace to be grounded in who he is. He doesn't keep track of my mistakes. He doesn't go, oh, well, there they go again. He just says, here, just stay close. Just stay close and learn who I am. Know how much I love you. I have some cards. I was going to ask you to hand them out, and then look at you. You're all like, you don't talk about you get, <laughs> you get special treatment, right? So here comes your sidekick, Shimon. I made these cards for you guys, yeah. On the front, they say realign. That's our word for the day, if you haven't figured that out. Oh, this is just, oh, okay. And you'll see that it has the North Point symbol and it has a goat and a chicken and a duck. And I want you to remember that it's never too late to realign to the farmer. Okay? Um, it's never too late to let God know you're all in. And if you're still in, do you know that the word realign means to commit to follow after. And so if there's no need for you to direct back to who God is, but you can always realign and make sure that your heart is following steadfast after who he is. The back has one of my favorite verses. And it's the verse that sums all of this up because I know you all are going, Rachel, you're preaching and yet here you are talking about chickens. What does that have to do with God? It has a lot to do with God. Um, Paul 
And you know the story of Paul. Paul had a transforming experience where God realigned his life in a mighty way. And in Romans, he writes, and this is the message translation. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. It's the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Developed well-formed maturity in you. God loves you. I love you. Pastor T, she loves you big. So today as you leave, know that this verse is in your heart. I put it on this card so you can do whatever you want with it, but know that you can realign in your everyday walking around life. God wants to be a big part. Thank you so much for letting me talk to you. I love that you were close so I could look in your face, right? And all of you who got to listen in on our conversation, you know there's truth to what we said. It's not just something for these 18-year-olds who are about to start a new chapter in life. It's for you too. Because it's never too late to realign. There's nothing you could have done, there's nothing that you have repeated, there's nothing that keeps you from making a choice to say, God, be my farmer. Love me like nobody else. Show me what safety looks like. Teach me a new perspective, right? So this morning, if you're in the audience, you may say, wow, I." I think God said something to me. He probably did. I encourage you to take that verse home and pray over it this week and see what God wants to do in your life. How does God want you to realign? Maybe not change. We don't have time for me to explain all the English behind that word realign, but it really does mean not only to change course and fix, but it means to follow after continually. And so some of us need to switch course. And some of us just need to recommit to continue on. Would you pray with me this morning? Travis is going to come and play a song. Father, as we come to you, this morning, we thank you for moments where we can just sit back and have conversations about you. And God, I know this was like kind of crazy, right? But I still think that you work in mighty ways. 
who loves them, talked about the craziest things, planted a seed in these amazing young people's hearts. That on the days when it's hard, on the days when they wonder, on the days when it becomes a little overwhelming, that they are reminded of your love when they see a goat or a chicken or a duck, may they be reminded how much you want to be a part of their life. Such beautiful blessings on them, God. Blessings upon blessings as you extend grace upon grace.